It's like crocheting. Uh, that tasted like all six of the drinks that I took a drink of. Weird. It's <laughs> like they're all in one place. You know they call that a suicide. Feel Jesus that. Christ, Tim. That's what I'm going to feel in the morning. <laughs> Just saying. Just like I learned that in group. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I learned that in group. All right. <clears throat> All right. And we're back. Yeah. Part three, episode 10. That'll be Some weird. shit happened. That'll be a weird intro after... Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to take some effort to figure out how this all resolves, but we're going to take it over to Orzok and Ornella at this point. So you both, uh, it's uh, mid-morning now. You have, you have. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I, I know. All right. <laughs> How you doing? She said she's fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> so, <laughs> we cut back to Ornella and Orzok. It's mid-morning. It is mid-morning. Okay. And uh, we see... Orzok on the back of a Takari with a uh, holding a grit serpent in his hand. The Takari is stuck on the side of a canyon wall and there's a hole in the, it's like a term dozens of termites have made holes into the side of this canyon wall okay. and Harbeck, excuse me, sorry. Uh, Orzok. Are they are they termite size? No, they're they're like the size of your forearm. Okay. Not uh, huge. Right. Uh, right and Orzok is holding one in his hand and it's writhing and uh, wiggling in its in his hand um so I'm on the side of this cliff with this and we're looking to collect the <coughs> scent glands the silt organs the silt organs so the organ that filters out the dirt and dust as it burrows yep. right yep all right um where is that in relation to like its heart in front of it yeah it's all it's all i mean it's kind of like think of gills on oh, a fish okay yep. yep okay cool um and we need those and we need them to not dry out Right. Or whatever. They, Basically you need to get back as soon as possible because the the gland spoils after Correct. After a indetermined amount of time that is short. Cool. So there's two ways we could do it. We could collect as many as we can and carry them alive and then kill them and hand them over. But they're snappy, gross things. Can or we Or we can kill a couple and then ride, but I would suggest Could we non lethally Make them not be alive anymore, Paul, maybe? <laughs> not lethal. So. That is a term that you taught me could happen. I did. I 
and I'm regretting it now. But <laughs> yes, that is that is something you can do. You can essentially reduce them to zero hit points so that they don't bleed out and roll death saves, but they are not conscious. What does so that we mean? knock Story them out? Wise? Yeah. Okay. So you just... We're going to roofie these snakes. Yeah, let's roofie some snakes. All right. Go roofie some snakes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, do that to a few of them. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. the more options we have, the safer that we'll deliver it. Oh, it's like if a um, a sh- turtle without a shell and a snake had a baby. Yeah. So the... I mean, something that is becoming more and more clear, they use the word serpent and snake, and it's not necessarily... Like either? I mean, it sort of is. I mean, they have they share characteristics, but it is certainly a far cry from like a garter snake or a boa constrictor yeah, yeah, that yeah. you might be familiar with. Dude, I saw a picture of a boa constrictor eating an alligator the other day. What? What? No, maybe it wasn't a boa constrictor, but it was a big-ass fucking snake. With most of an alligator in its body. It was crazy. Anyway. I'm not Facebook friends with the guy who posted that picture anymore, so I can't tell you any more information about it. Damn it. <laughs> Good to know. Freaked me out, and I didn't like it, so goodbye. Guy I went to high school with. Sorry. Ripperoni. <laughs> Piece of baloney. Is lost. So you've got this uh, serpent in one hand. For me. Right, yeah. So we're going to capture a few of them. Yep. And non-lethally, like, like smack their heads against the side of the cliff. Yep, smack them together. Standard thing, but you know, we know that after a certain fashion, they'll start. They have poison glands as well, and mm-hmm. they'll like you know, it's kind of like if you kill a, an ant or you you. Um, <coughs> what's the animal I'm thinking of? It's like um like. Oh, I love this game. The game. Where we try to pick, like, pick like what fish. animal you're thinking of. Right, right. If you, you if hit you, it on the rock to stun it. Right. But, oh. but if you if you do something too early, it it, it spoils its own flesh. Right, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. So there's a balance. So we have to rush to get to a certain point to then extract the, the glands and then also finish the journey. How yep. far away are we from a dying Davery? Like a, maybe an hour or two. Okay, sweet. At uh, full clip. Full clip. All right. So you've got the serpents, and you begin heading back to the Baraboondi camp. Mm. Excuse me. So you you are navigating through the the maze of canyons that um, sort of border the Kalak, which is the desert or the badlands, and the Baraboondi uh, box canyon that they are presently making their home and you are on the demigriff ornella following orzak on the takari and we as the audience the camera the our our view shifts and we come to a scene inside the barabundi camp and there are men standing not necessarily men there are warriors standing at the top of the uh box canyon walls and they are carrying spears and shields, and they scream something in a language that we don't recognize, and text displays on the bottom says, uh, the, they're approaching, they're coming, and people begin gathering, 
uh, towards the outlet of this canyon. And we see Orzok appear first out of the... These are Barabundi people? Yep. Okay, Sorry. okay, okay. Yep. Uh, uh, Orzok appear first out of this canyon. His Dakari comes skidding to a halt in front of these people and then followed closely by Ornella on Demigriff back, uh, coming skidding to a halt in front of the uh, the, the Barabundi uh, that have come to gather in front uh, of the canyon exodus. So, I'm all business. Make way! Make way! We have to... We have and, to get to the Seeker's tent. Yep, and they part and make a you you have a straight shot to the speaker's tent. Yeah, there's no the fanfare means <clears throat> jack shit. We're trying to yeah. complete the mission. So you see the speaker uh Davery is lying uh atop the same table that he was last you left him Ornella and his breathing more or less the same and the speaker is you see him covered in sweat. He's uh, his clothes have like deep pit stain, pit stains, and sweat stains, and he looks like he has been working all hours doing something. And he's moving his hand over the top of Davery's head, and you can see little—it's it almost looks like mist emanating from his hand. And as Davery breathes in, the blue mist from the speaker's hand fills, goes into Davery's nostrils. <coughs> Um. Uh, side note. Um, we want to make sure that we give them all that sky leaf. It's probably rare. It's not easy to get. Sure, would be a good gift, but they could use whatever they want from it. And then you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. <clears throat> we've we've brought what you asked for. Uh, Orzak, yes. Uh, bring it here. Uh, place the sky leaf on this table, please. Where's the scale, mother? I, I do not know. I have not seen her yet today. Well, I want her to know that we came back and she that we're alive and that we have what we need. She will know. Yes, uh, place the contents uh, uh, here. And he reaches over and grabs a uh, brass, a pounded brass bowl and hands it over to you, Orzok. These creatures we brought back, are, they won't be out for much longer. Do you have a preference of how we kill them? Uh, no, we just need the silt organ to uh, combine with the skyly. So I'll actually... Uh, well, that's wrong place, wrong time, but uh, I'll skin one and show her where the organs are, but I'll take them out. Yeah. They're, they're a lot more like worms than they are like snakes. Right. They okay. don't like necessarily fight the mm-hmm. <laughs> obvious like bodily intrusion. They're just sort of squirming about and you extract these big gray glands that are up towards the front of the creature's head. <clears throat> Present them to the uh, shaman. And he, he holds the brass bowl in front of you. It, uh, yes, place the organs. Uh, thank you. Uh, and the sky leaf, please. I need uh, a handful. I take it out of my pack and we, hand it to him. Yeah. He reaches up and grabs uh, from your hand the handful and places it in this uh, brass bowl. And um, he turns to a small fire that has been set in the uh, corner of the room. And he places the brass bowl in this uh, holder, this cradle, and sets it in. And you, you, the smell immediately is just 
most wretched, wicked smell, Ornella. It is, it, it's not rotted flesh, but man, it's pretty freaking close. Because I need more of an excuse to throw up at this point in my life. Thanks. Got you. Thanks. It's gross. <laughs> and the, uh, the, the bubbling concoction begins to mix together and the speaker turns to it and takes a... Orzak throws up. <laughs> right on. And not even with any shame, he just goes to the corner of the tent and oh, throws up and then stands up again. And then, and nobody looks... No, it's, it's not even... I mean, uh, it's not even uh, noted. The speaker then begins mixing the slurry together and uh, reaches in with a little metal rod and takes just this uh it's just this little almost thimble full and goes over to Davery's mouth and wipes the uh mixture of slurry across Davery's lips and you can see in his like semi-conscious state his eyes flitter and his tongue comes out and he laps at the the slurry that's on his face you see, like, immediately his breathing begins to, his rapid breathing that he had begins to slow. It moves to a more steady in and out breath. His skin that was pale white, ghostly white, begins to gain color. Orzak. Sorry. No, no, no. Orzak puts his hand on Ornella's shoulder and he goes... He'll be fine. And she sees a look on his face of just pure fucking anger. And he storms out of the tent and he's looking for his mother. They could have done this two days ago. Mm -hmm. So we cut over to maybe like a few minutes past. And we see the scale mother who is working with some young Takari in a pen on maybe like a six or seven tents away from the uh, speaker's tent. And she she's currently like working with a young Takari. She has a, a piece of uh, meat in her hand and she's using it to, in a similar way to a dog, teach the Takari to I sit. Just, I barge in. I, I knock it out of her hand. <clears throat> Orzak. It worked, of course, like we knew it would. Mm-hmm. It always does. Pretending that it's some sort of mystical fucking experience that saves them from the... People get struck with spine hunter spines all the time. We know it does it. That farce, we did it for you. They proved it. We lost one. You're happy for it. When we sit you down and we look at the texts, sorry, when we sit you down and we look at the tablets, you're going to regret your decision to fucking drag this out longer than you've done. Orzok, something I've had to learn that you never had to learn being my second born son was that there is a certain amount of the Yostak refer to as theater that you uh, present a certain expectation when I had to murder every day in the pit for six years to do the things you weren't 
willing to do. Don't talk to me about theater. I lived in a theater of blood. As did we, Orzok. We've we've had many we've had many sons, many daughters go missing, dead, taken by the Yosta, taken by others, the Sharabar, the Tokrik, uh, many others. You know this that the other southern clans don't think kindly on us now, any different than they ever did. We've just got one more enemy. So you think this has been any easier for me to keep these people together in your absence? In the prodigal son's absence? Yeah, I've done my best, and it has not been... It has not been easy. But don't mistake your troubles that... Because you suffered, I did not. I did suffer, Orzok. I had Shital's head brought back to me on a spike, knowing that his totem warrior brothers suffered a worse fate, a worse fate than death. I had I sleep on that. I think of that every night. So don't sit there and pretend that it has been easy for me in any way. You bring these Yosta, these outsiders... Use that word again and I'll take your head. You need to understand that this is no longer Yoshta and Barabundi and Tosrik and Grit Serpent and Spine Hunter. The unraveling of the world is coming. I told you we would speak, speak of this at the fire and... <laughs> Fine. I walk off. And I go back to the tent where... Uh, Ornella, so you... Uh, over... So Orzok leaves, and mm-hmm. um, you see the speaker begin speaking in this language that you don't recognize, and he's moving his hand from Davery's head down to his toes and back again, um, just hovering four to six inches above... Davery and just moving along Davery's body and you can see the uh, color begin to return to his his skin and uh, you see his eyes flutter open so how long does the this shaman do this for maybe a minute or two okay so once I kind of realize what is happening and that once I know that Davery is stabilized and is okay, mm-hmm. uh, I, I get on this table mm-hmm. with next to him and lie next to him and sort of just like curl like myself next to, him. next to him. Yeah. So you hear him, <gasps> and his eyes go wide as you sense he comes to consciousness as you lie next to him and his his. Uh, Head moves back and forth. He's looking at the tent, and he says, "Uh, uh, uh ha- help! Uh, shh." He he like and he, at that he turns and looks to you, locks eyes with you. What? 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 It's too much. Please, just lay here with me. He, he nods his head yes. He doesn't say anything. 
you feel his his rapid breathing slow a little bit and then he takes his head and tucks it into your elbow your uh, armpit nook and rests his head in there mm-hmm. the uh, speaker without saying a word uh, uh, he stands back up and leaves the tent and close it closes it behind him closes the tent flap behind him Orzak, where do you go? I go. I go back to the tent because uh, you see the speaker. Uh, you're maybe twenty-five to thirty feet away. The speaker opens the tent flap and stands outside of it and walks out. Um, I put myself in a reverent stance in front of the speaker. How's he doing? He is fine. He will make a full recovery, I think. He may have some damage latent, but uh, he will survive. Have you seen the scale mother? Oh, I've (laughs) spoken to her. I know. I forgive you. I do not require forgiveness, Orzak. If I choose to kill you because I'm angry at you, you better be thankful that you get forgiveness. We both know you could have done this yesterday. This is true. I could have saved him yesterday, yes. The fact that you aren't in two... You have a wise student that I met on my way out. Kotoba. I ask that you share with her as much as you can. She is someone that understands the true nature of the world. I fear you've become too political. I understand. Good. And I shove past him and mm-hmm. I walk in. So yeah, you you find uh Davery like breathing he- he's he's breathing heavy. He's it's a lot of like <sighs> But uh, you see Ornella, like, on the table, almost cradling his, his well, not almost, cradling his right. f- uh, form. Her eyes are closed. Uh, her breathing is very, very slow, like, almost like she's asleep. I think maybe for a second you might think that she's asleep, but she is not. I just kind of plop into the chair and fall asleep. Right, but, but not a chair. Um, you know, it's these a, pillows, a pile of pillows or whatever, mm-hmm. and I just kind of plop into it and I fall asleep. We've been awake virtually for twenty four hours, mm-hmm. and so, so Ornella sees uh, or Orzak, or she hears him come in and and plop down, and and she waits maybe fifteen or twenty minutes. Until she knows for sure that he is asleep. And she gets off the table and uh, rummages around this shaman 
uh, space mm -hmm. for a moment and finds uh, a bandage and goes to Orzak while he's sleeping and kind of there's maybe like a cut across his forehead or something and cleans yeah. it yeah. and puts a bandage over it yeah. and then goes back to the table. Yeah. We we fade to black and fade back up on a a scene. The sun has clearly set. It's clearly night. There are the sounds of people in jovial celebration outside. I don't care who wakes up first, but you two. Like, who wakes up first? I wake up first. Okay. You hear the sounds of people uh, whooping and, and uh, singing but not singing words that you recognize singing in this language that you don't know natively. And, uh, the, the sun has clearly set. It's very, it's dark. The only light is cast by the orange embers of the small fire inside the, um, yurt. So I wake up and check my surroundings. Uh, Davery's asleep on the table and Orzak is still asleep on these pillows and I get up and just plant one little peck on each forehead in the room. Mm -hmm. One for Davery, one for Orzak. And I go and I follow the sound of this uh, like celebration. And I walk up to this group of people who are not fond of me. Uh huh. As you approach, people just sort of like back up and give you space. They just move out of your way as if you have the chicken pox or the plague or something. They don't want to even like touch you. And you approach the singing and dancing and you can see the uh, scale mother is wearing this huge mask that uh, has this long flowing fabric behind it that makes this long winding pattern on the ground and uh you you see the scale mother uh dances in between members of the tribe um she no n people aren't obviously like talking to you but they're obviously not excluding you either and people are are dancing and celebrating and um enjoying themselves Maybe in spite of your presence. So I am going to take my weapon and put it on the ground and kind of step away from it. And then uh -huh. I want to take my gloves off as well. Cool. So. Orzok, you wake up. <clears throat> I know what's happening. I can hear it. Yeah. I know what they're chanting. Yeah. This is like, a, this is the cathartic kind of, um, this is oral tradition. The chants are the story of the people and it like keeps going, you know, right? And, mm -hmm. and all the grand stories of the people are being told in this chant and, you know, they're at, you know, whoever that did whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I feel like what I happened is that, that, uh, I was sleeping deeply 
And then I felt something on my forehead and I woke up, kind of woke up and I saw her leave, but I wasn't quite aware that I actually was awake. And then I finally came to, and then I heard the sounds and it's, I feel like it's a really cool thing that she heard the sounds and went towards it rather than retreating from it. But anyway, um, so she's taking off, she puts her ax down and she's taking her gloves off and I kind of walk up and I, it, it's almost like not on the shoulder, but not on the small of the back. It's not that, not, not that, um, intimate and not that formal anymore. It's like mid back. And I just say, and I lean in and I say, you need to tell the story of how you took down Azakir. We did it together. This story's yours. I will, I will start. I'm the horn taker. Okay. And you are the wing breaker. Okay. Just celebrate your talents. For I trust once. you. And I trust you. Okay. And. Wait for my lead. Okay. I'll find a good spot. I've done this before. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's like, I mean, it's like people are like, you know, there are like clearly elderly, you know, Baraboonia that stem. And, you know, and they're talking about how they fought against humans and they won this. And then there's younger ones that it will rise up and they'll talk about how they broke their Takari and rode them to a, onto a hunt and captured, you know, something. There's all these stories that are telling the story of the people. And then Ortic comes up and he tells about how he captured his own brother. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Right. Yes. So go for it. So Ortic uh, takes the center. Uh, he does um, his own dance around the circle that's been made. And he begins to gesture wildly about describing these tall, impossibly tall trees. And that he set this snare that was meant for a Yosta but instead caught his own brother who foolishly stepped into his younger brother's trap. And um, a lot of laughter, a lot oh, of yeah. laughter, tons of laughing, um, a lot of celebrating and back padding, um, uh, people smiling at, uh, smiling at each other. It, it is a very lively and fun story. And, um, uh, Ortic story leaves everyone feeling happy and content and like, Oh, the, the, you know, the scale mother's brothers are back and, um, this, this feels good again. This is a good omen is, is another thing that people begin to say. And so from that, I, uh, explain that Azakir came from the sky and came to claim those who traveled with me. And everyone, oh no. As he swooped through the sky and through the canyon floor, his wings brought up the furies of the sand and cut our faces, but we were determined to not stop. We knew that we had to come here and deliver the message to the people that we must work together. However, Azekir had a different story to tell. 
and his story was death. And ev- everyone's like, oh, no. Again, this just very exaggerating group storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He, he picked his target. You would say... What's the word they call him? Yosta? Yosta. You would pick the word Yosta. Which is not a word that we will use again. Silence. But he picked a foreigner. Someone not of our lands, but a brother. And he struck deep. And this poor young boy pierced with Azekai's death spine sat dying and I cleaved it off <gasps> to save a brother. Yeah, every, and everyone's like, oh, oh no. And I pulled it from its face, not fearing its revenge, but to save a brother. And then the one named Ornella clutched up her friend, my brother, and drove him and rode him to our village where we, and I look at you. Yeah, and all at once you feel this, maybe a hundred plus people, all of their attention turned suddenly to you. Story time. Well, uh, <laughs> when we arrived here, it, it, I wasn't sure what was going to happen to any of us. To and you, you hear Ortic is like, you know, yeah, like translating. translating. Yes. Oh, yes. Because I can't. I wouldn't do it. Yep. And and or, when or, when Ornella first starts to tell the story, she's not. Uh, making eye contact with anyone. She's kind of looking at people's feet or looking over their heads, uh, kind of like that old theater trick where you just look over their, over their head and not yep. right in their eyes. Yep. And maybe Ortic is like like really trying to make, like make eye contact like with you saying, help me. Right. And then in order to save our brother... We were given a test. We were sent out to this, into this, into this land, in search of two things, and we we went for the sky leaf first, and we went the furthest out, and 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 as she's gearing up, she's obviously like gaining a little bit of confidence in herself, and she starts like walking. Uh, walking as she's moving and like using her hands a little bit more and she's and she's looking at these people and she's making eye contact and 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 we got the sky leaf and, and and we carved it off the the top of the spire and and then we we mounted the takari and and headed down this this tower and and then that's when we heard the 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 sound of these of these wings flapping and and Orzak, what is its name? Azakair came for revenge. And and we, Orzak and I, and with the help of the the demigriff and and the Takari, we 
we did what we could to to take it down and and to and to get it to land we we distracted it and, and we and we and we we leaped at it and 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 finally that after after one major hit from the takari and one triumphant miss from the demigriff i i lost myself for a moment or, or or maybe i found myself and i i ran towards the spire and i i started climbing and 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 then i was in the air and and then i was next to orzok on on top of this spine hunter on top of azakir and you just hear a gasp <gasps> no just filtering out throughout the, the you know hundreds hundred some people that have gathered at this point listening intently yeah every word hanging on every word yeah and and i i was i had mounted this ancient creature and i i was swinging at it with my great axe just and finally we uh, we brought it to the ground and harbeck and Harbeck, the, the the dwarf man, he 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 stopped he stopped us from. Azakia surrendered. She, he, the great old one, surrendered to her. Her onslaught brought it to its knees. At at. At those words, everyone takes like a step back, and you hear this cacophony of 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 people speaking in this language you don't recognize. You hear Orzok, excuse me, you Ornella hear this. Mm-hmm. Orzok, you hear everyone speaking and saying, "Impossible! The the spine spine hunters give in to no creature, no no person." They are their own. They are a f- more a force of nature than they are anything else. I don't address any of it. This is a place where you don't come to lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that I am small and and not what you would expect. But I promise you that this is real. And... And this is what I sacrificed to help save one of my own, one of our own. Ooh. When you say the word our, Ortic gives you a look, and it, I mean, it lasts less than a second. And it's a look of, are you sure? And he says and there is a everyone begins uh hooting and hollering and and um chanting and celebrating did i do it you've made me very proud holy shit the scale mother approaches you ornella and she's she's in this full regalia that is reminiscent of it, the face looks vaguely of the grit serpent you picked up earlier. It just looks a little bit more refined, a little more intense. 
and the fabric coming off of the headdress covers her body and leaves a a long tail behind her. She comes up to you and she says, Yo, Ornella? Yes, that's right. I wish to speak to you after the fire. Okay. But now we celebrate. Azakir is... (laughs) Azakir has been defeated. Azakir is no longer... He will no longer torment us or chase us. Let us celebrate. Let us dance. Son? Ortic, Orza, come, let's celebrate. And uh, immediately people begin, it's uh, it's chanting, it's drumming, it's singing, and the night begins to carry on. And uh, a lot of the feelings of reservation and worry of the future, I really genuinely want to, I want to emphasize all thoughts of future problems really feel abated. <laughs> It really just is a lot of fun for a, quite a quite a while that evening. <laughs> the 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 dancing and the celebration begins to come to a close, and um, the scale mother at this point has removed her her headdress of the um, and I always pronounce this wrong, but I want to continue to pronounce it right. <clears throat> It is the... Is it the serpent? Yeah, and... I Yeah. It's important to make it... It's not your bad. It's important to make it different than the words that we say. Um, the... Akazita Veto or... Yes. Akazita Veto. Um her cost she she takes the headdress off and, and hands it over to someone who seems to be attending her in some way she comes up to you Ornella and says we will speak then in the nest fetch my son tell him that uh, I require both of your counsel there this evening okay <laughs> and want- she she turns and just walks away <laughs> I turn around. I'm dancing. Kind or of, yeah, kind yeah. of trying to look for Orzok because I think that's what she means. That she, what's what she wants. Uh, I see you dancing with some floozy, floozy, some uh, moderately busty <laughs> floozy. <Yeah. laughs> um, and I, and I just kind of try like yank on some article of clothing of yours. Uh, your mom wants to talk to us. Visible, visible shoulder slump. <laughs> what do we do? I don't think we should keep her waiting. It's actually always best to keep her a little bit waiting. <laughs> I can do something else if you want to finish your... No, no. Just celebrating your victory. <clears throat> Let's go. We uh, go to the nest. Oh, the nest. 
That's where she has to meet at the nest. That's what she said. Oh. What are we about to get ourselves into? I don't like the look on your face. No, no, no. You're the third northerner to ever go there. Who were the other two? They weren't in my lifetime. Okay. That's good to know. This is an honor. This is... Thanks for the warning text. That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> that came out really hot, but I didn't mean it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was such a weird sentence. Yeah, it was <laughs> very that weird. That came out really hot, but I didn't mean it. You okay. always mean the hot Don't sentence. Don't Okay. This is a rare honor. Well, like I said, let's not keep her waiting. Yes, of course. So you you make your way and you follow Orzok to the winding through the various tents and yurts and the Takari and uh, other Barabundi make your way towards the literal center of camp, which is this tall A-frame structure that is wrapped in this, it, it looks like Kevlar. It's this shiny black iron woven material that uh is this the a-frame building that Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. okay cool and uh this the scale mother is standing outside uh uh looking she's she's not paying attention to your approach she's looking at the structure itself turned away from you i think we walk up on either side of her and look at the look towards the structure Ornella, you are one of the very few that have been deemed good enough to be spoken to within the nest. It's what Orzok mentioned on the way over. I want to convey to you the importance and significance of speaking to one such as myself within the nest. This is where our clan's history is recorded, where Lies are not spoken, where all truths are heard. Where the tablets are? Where the tablets are. We will speak there freely, and without fear of outside ears. Understand? How do you know that? I don't mean to disrespect you, or to speak out of line, but I've been in places like this before. Places where outside ears are not to be found. And that wasn't true. If we are to speak freely... The serpents here will not, will not let your sound leave this chamber. Okay. Well, as your kind say, age before beauty... And she opens the tent flap and motions for you to enter inside. I enter. So. She's a crack and a joke. What a goob. What a goob, indeed. <laughs> How long have we been recording for? 
totes goob 48 minutes okay it feels like an eternity so i just want to make sure we're not at like three hours for this last part you're good cool so we're making it oh my knee on the table you okay yeah cut it Fix it it's post. fine. I'll fix it in post. No one will ever know that yeah, happened. Literally, just leave it. I'm totally gonna leave it. So you always say that, and you always leave it. I'm not. I mean, yeah. Obviously. Lie to my face, Paul. Lie to my face. I'm going to leave it there and not do anything with it. All right. So inside this building is a. There's a. The ground, you get about two or three feet of ground before a uh, a sharp drop of six to seven feet. And in that pit is a writhing, roiling pit of snakes and serpents. Uh, You see a roll perception for me, Ornella. Oh. Jeez. Mm. 17. Okay. You see that there's, uh, on every inch of exposed scale, there is written in some language that you don't recognize text that has been tattooed on all of the snakes. And there there has to be a dozen to two dozen snakes churning and roiling Uh. in this pit in front of you. And the scale mother, without question, walks past both of you and hops down into the pit and begins walking into this. Uh, it's uh, maybe 35 to 40 feet in diameter, this pit of roiling and churning snakes. Without question, I follow her. Nice. I'm letting the ladies do their thing. Ornella, that uh, is your first name, as I understand. Your second name, your main name. Sambridge, what does that mean? That's my noble name. That my mother and father were a part of the queen's court. They helped make important decisions for the city of Alal and the surrounding areas. Um, I. That is all. Now you may ask me a question. This is how this works. These serpents here keep us honest. Keep. They ensure that the words spoken here are true. And that those not outside here, they ensure that what is said here is kept between us. Now you are given by right the opportunity to ask of me any question that you have. What does my second name mean to you? It means traitor. It means one who would lie. It means one who would deceive. It means one who would hurt those who are like me. Why did you save Orzok? He saved me. I was... I was uh, put in the same cage that he was. 
wrongfully. And I needed out. My friend and I, and he, we didn't ask for his help, but we needed it. People think that I murdered the prince of Alal. And mind you, I have every capability of doing that. And I could have done that. But I didn't. My friend and I were wrongfully accused by my own family. And the consequences of that is where I met Orzok. Are you aware that people can change? Yes, I know this. That was my question. Your well, turn. Well, uh, <laughs> Would you have your country made secure at the expense of my people? Now? No. But if you had asked me that question a week ago, my answer might be different. You're right, these serpents do keep you honest. They have uh, a way about them. Why, why me? Why now? Why the nest? The speaker has seen things events that are to come. He sees many possible outcomes, most bad, a few good. Good for you or good for me? (laughs) Well, that depends. Good for everyone. There's something horrible that's coming. I'm very aware. As am I. The speaker has seen this. He's seen a crack formed down the center of this continent of light pouring out from within that crevasse leaving nothing but death in its wake there is a way out yes 
But that way out is not through any sort of when your when the yosta before came through here. What does that mean? The yos. That phrase you've been using it since we got here. It, uh, in your language, translates to stupid cow. The stupid cows previously would <laughs> come through and uh, destroy, take whatever they, they wanted. And this that is coming to us is beyond anything that mine or yours have ever seen speaker tells me that if we are to survive that we are to find allies in those that we don't see what is that supposed to mean that i am to trust you which is why i've brought you here which is why you speak the way you do and which is why i speak the way i do so we've come to an understanding that we've both seen what is to come and that neither of us want the other to tell what is to be but for this brief moment while we agree that the other option is death that we will work together that is what I have brought you here you one of three that have ever seen this place. So, will we work together or will we not? I came here with a very open mind and possibly a solution to the problem that we both know is very prominent. So I pose a question to you. Mm -hmm. Will we work together or not? She looks over at Orzok and smiles. I like her. We will work together. Thank you. Now, I must tell you that a very large group of people like me are headed this way. And I can answer for them. And their answer is that they want to work with you. They want to work with us. My people, the people like you, have seen the same things we are all on the same wavelength mm -hmm. they are we're together I just we need to let everyone know that when when they see northerners coming into their camp <laughs> let's discuss the 
technicalities later. I think we are in agreement, however, that there is a mutual need here, and that once this threat has been met, there will be negotiations on where each other stands. Is that fair to say? Are we still in the you ask a question, I ask a question situation? We are in the nest, so yes. Have you been to the Eternity Pits? Do you know what's really on the other side? She looks again at Orsak. I keep forgetting that you're here. (laughs) And she's just with a big toothy smile. I just step in. I have. And you still think it's a threat? I do. Why? What will come from there will destroy all of us. What is it? It's beyond us. I don't like that answer. (laughs) I'm sorry, child, but there will be many things in the coming months that you don't like. The fact remains that what is going to... What is inevitable is inevitable. The sooner we come to terms with that and prepare ourselves for that, the better chance we have to keep what is... to keep what is. I don't fault you for who you are. Nor I you. Then we are in agreement. I believe a understand before I say anything more that my husband was cut down by your people. Was attempting to do the same thing that I am attempting to do now, but was killed for it. And not just killed, was tortured. His men, his friends, his family, ruined, destroyed. You see me get physically uncomfortable at at this conversation. Those in my family were sent away to never be seen again because of what my... what my... what the scale father did before me. And I'm looking to make right on that. So understand that when I'm coming to you with a certain amount of trust, that that comes with it a great weight. I hope you were accepting of that responsibility. And I believe in your... here. And she, like, extends a hand in a weird, like, clawed... Sort of looks like she wants to shake your hand, but very much like she has no idea mm-hmm. really how to do that. Yeah. I bow at her extended hand. 
She balls her hand into a fist and quickly tucks her hand behind her back and returns the bow. Fade to black. We fade up on a scene. It says uh, it's the city of Alal, and we see that the capital is in shining white stone, and there are there's uh, smoke plumes coming from the lower, darker quarters. The buildings are made of straw and of uh, dark wood. We see Aldridge sitting at court. He is at a long table with 12 other men and women, and the queen is sitting at the table's head. Everyone is completely silent, except for one fat man. <laughs> You'll win something stone. Uh, the queen's eyes move from person to person. Every time her eyes meet one of the advisors, they bow their heads to look away from her. After an eternity of quiet, she speaks. Master of Sword, Olgal, what is the military, domestic report, and what of our campaign to the south? A skinny gaunt man in a dirty, disheveled, buttoned doublet rolls open a piece of paper, his hands shaking all the while. My queen, the, the city commander reports to me that 45 instigators have been captured and are being held in the dungeon as we speak. No highborns, of course, skags and detritus mainly. The riots have gotten worse, and we've had to quadruple the amount of men at the inner gates to ensure order. The word from Commander Hadrin is that the orcs' threat has all been but eliminated. The southern clans of the orcs' half-breeds are dug in around a fortress, and he's waiting for orders to advance to, or to return to Elal. The queen steeples her fingers and turns to the fat man who is very loudly eating. Master of grain, Yulwin. What of the shipments from Sif? Last we spoke, you were to see an increase in the disbursement among the lowborn. Why has this not occurred? The fat man eating wipes his mouth before speaking. My queen, shipments from Sif have become difficult to secure. For every five caravans we pay for, three are robbed by highwaymen and thieves. I require more security if I am to increase the grain. Master of Sword, Sword Ogle has told me that he is doing what he can. But if I am to see any notable change in shipping materials, I need help. Rolling her eyes, the queen turns her attention towards one of the women gathered at the table. Mistress of words, Shevela, what of the riots? Who is responsible for organizing the peasants and the beggars? A woman in a gaudy, bright green gown bows her head in acknowledgement to the queen. My queen, my spies tell me that the low barn are starving and that th the queen speaks with a unnatural at an unnatural volume i know that they are hungry lady shavela i see them when i close my eyes i hear them through my dreams you all ask me for money but you do nothing with what you will have accept except ask for more worthless sycophants and manipulators the lot of you damn your incompetence 
for it will bring this 500-year empire to its knees. More uncomfortable silence passes. The queen re-steeples her hands and turns to the master of coin. Master of coin, Sambridge. Last this council met, you had promised me that your spending on the guard and the guild and who knows what else would be paid through a higher levy on the mercantile covens. My advisors now tell me that they need even more. What is the status of our treasury, and what can we reasonably accommodate them? At once, all eyes in the room turn to Aldridge Sambridge. His heart pounding in his chest, he stands, leaning toward the table. Hands outstretched, he speaks without turning to look at the queen. My queen, my counters tell me that we have enough money for two weeks before the treasury will be dry. Silence. The mistress of words is first to speak. What of the mercantile? They are gone, Shavela. They are refusing to pay tax and are waiting to see if we fold. The master of horses speaks next. Then arrest them. Send the guard to round them up and bring them. If I arrest them, then they won't be making any money in the city dungeon, and we will still have the problem of a dry treasury. Aldridge speaks plainly. The, mas the mistress of rivers puts her hand to her mouth. How did you lose all of the crown's money? How was that even possible? I can explain. If you would give me a chance, I can assure you that it was necessary. The queen stands from her seat, staring at Aldridge, dripping with scorn. Aldridge Sambridge, you fucking worm. The crown only exists as long as we have money to pay for the teal guard, the city watch, the lampmen, the stable boys, the portmasters, and every other goddamn part of this country that we are trying to save. And we are nearly broke? Aldridge speaks. My queen, we are broke. The money for the next two weeks is already technically spent to pay for prior debt. The room fills with commotion as the council begins shouting at each other. The queen's thunderous voice shouts them down. Be quiet! Master of Coin Sandbridge, you are hereby removed from the council. Effective now. Stripped of rank and title. Master of Sword Ogle, you have new orders. First, you are to send word to Lord Commander Hadrian of the Teal Guard immediately. He is to take everything they can from these monsters to the south. Weapons, prisoners, silver, their chamber pots. Everything that isn't the mud they lined their huts in will be taken for Allah. Use the auxiliaries to begin a supply line back to the capital. Replenishing the treasury is the first priority. Second, I want you to use the garrison, not the city guard, the garrison. Round up the mercantile covens, tell them to pay the levy, or be executed in front of a crowd. Make sure to explain to them that the lowborn have suffered at the expense of the mercantile guilds. Third, take the master of coin and send him to the front. He's to meet Lord Commander Hadron and be a part of the first wave against their dirt castle. 
mistress of words, Chevela. I want the two remaining children of the master of coin found and executed before sundown. I want his house sacked, his servants thrown to the streets, and buildings destroyed. I want all mentions of House Sambridge destroyed from any official record. Your house, Aldridge, is finally dead. You cost me my reputation. You may have cost me... You for you absolutely cost me my only son, and possibly have cost me my throne, but we will see how that plays out. I will obliterate you from metaphysical existence, and before the lowborn string us all up by our necks, you and your petulant family of traitors and idiots will have never existed. Now, Master Ogle, take him away. And the scene quietly fades to black. All right, whoop whoop whoop. That was fun. Wow. wow. Guess who's coming south? Dad. All right. All the shit. Yeah, it's getting real fucking crazy up in here. The stakes are so high. They're so raised. The stakes are very raised. I'll, uh, it's like fucking uh, Outback Steakhouse up in here. It is. <laughs> Like, like a blooming onion doesn't even begin to. All right, we're gonna blaze this fucking onion up in here. <laughs> uh, uh, Orzak slash Jason. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Are you talking to me? What am I doing? Yeah, hey, I'm talking to you. Uh, we're doing a thing. What do you got? What do you got going on this week and next week well, and the weeks after? I don't. <laughs> uh, reeling. Yeah, like reeling in turmoil and determining my place in the world. I guess maybe that's fair. Yeah, uh, I'm. A, um, I'm. I feel like a agape. We all Here. are. We're all very agape right now. <laughs> the stakes just got <gasps> raised. Yeah, yeah, brazed. The stakes got brazed. Delicious. Oh, rad dad. Um. <laughs> Whoa, rad dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know. I I know that I'm doing things, but most prob the the probability is very high that I will just be thinking about this game. So cool, rad, yeah, neat. Uh, Harback Thunder Lover. You can catch Chowdown every third Saturday of the month at the basement in the Des Moines Social Club underneath the Come and Go Theater. Thanks, Tim. I miss you. I've got a Marvel. End teaser for this episode. Hell yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Charity? <laughs> Sorry. How are you doing? <laughs> I want to take a photo. <laughs> <Yeah>. Every time. <laughs> I just never get a break. <laughs> I know. It's very hard. But it's rad, Dad. It is so good. It is so good. I just like, I ever, I'm, I'm always left with these questions and then I think about it for the entire time <coughs> that we have in between sessions and then I'm cool. like nice and I come to a decision and it happens and I'm like yes maybe it's gonna be fine and then more you just pile more on me <laughs> I'm sorry and it's I, only because I know you can handle it I know and that makes me feel so good but so <laughs> 
You did great. Tired. <laughs> yeah, me too. It is 1.30 a.m. It is. So. It is. Um, I'll be fast. <laughs> I haven't washed my hair in like three days. <laughs> you can tell in that picture. No. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know that was a thing. I don't um, shower. I don't know. And you sh- poop when you camp. Uh, whoa. <laughs> That's, that was not. I don't. No. I poop whenever. Maybe that's Jason that poops themselves when they camp. That was a, a, something we talked about in a, on a last episode, not the last episode, but in a oh, say, last past episode. Whatever. Um, May eighteenth at Lefty's Live Music in Des Moines, down in the Drake neighborhood. I have a stand-up show called Femme Bomb. Uh, is an all-female show. There's going to be. Uh, I am one of two Des Moines female comedians on the show. The rest, uh, the rest of the comedians joining us will be from Chicago, and then uh, there's one lady from oh. Milwaukee. Very cool. It's gonna be really cool. Rad dad. And that runs the same night as Chowdown. So does it? Choose oh, wisely. Bummer. Uh, no, go to both. Chowdown. No, no, no. <laughs> Shh. Choose both. Choose both. No, go to Fembom. Go to Chowdown. <laughs> Whatever. Choose wisely. What Nobody's gonna that? be mad. Uh, May 18th. So oh, not shit. this weekend. Next weekend. So it's like two days after Rad Dad Party at yeah. Vaudeville Muse. Yeah, yeah Rad I'm Dad Party. Pretty sure I don't have to work on Friday, so I'm gonna get nuts at the Rad Dad Party. Mm. <laughs> Turnt. Turnt. Get ready up. to be my babysitter. No. Oh boy. Um, uh, it'll be, it'll be a rock and roll. Bring in a fanny pack. And rolling. Bring in a fanny pack. Um. Yeah. But that's then, what we do. So May 18th. I'm so burpy. Oh, I have so much tequila in my system. Good. Um, tequila sunrise. May 18th is that bullshit that's happening. And then the next, the weekend after that, May 24th. Yep. Uh, it's a Friday at 6 o'clock in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm going to be part of the twist and improv adventure. Oh, cool. Uh, at the Omaha Improv Festival. And I'm really excited about it. Oh, hell yeah. It. I love Omaha. If it wasn't such a garbage city, I would live there. Um, <laughs> Roasted. But I'm really there excited to see all my friends that I met last year. And If it wasn't such a dumpster fire. <laughs> if it wasn't such a I love that city place. if it weren't for the city. Uh, if it weren't had, for the fact of what it is. <laughs> I had one of the best burgers of my entire life in Omaha at this tiny little local shop that I wish I knew the name of. It's numbers, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's just a string of numbers. All right. Well, uh, if, if you're listening, check out Burger Joint 69420. <laughs> Don't Curtis- give away my Wi-Fi password. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Courtesy of Charity Coons. Coons. We, uh... I don't know. I I have the same things as Tim. Chow down. Chow down. But, uh... Oh, Indie, the Indiegogo. Yeah. Jesus, oh I'm so God. bad at yeah, this. Yeah, and then also we're be, going to be on the radio tomorrow. Yeah. Like... When you hear this, it'll probably be a week after. I mean, it'll be it'll have happened the previous Sunday. So ideally, you will have hear, heard this on Monday, May thirteenth, and uh, we'll have been on the radio that Saturday, the eleventh. Wow, it is yeah. So give the, today. Talk about the Indiegogo. So the Indiegogo. So check us out. We're doing a live. We're, we're going to do a season finale of this show. So if you think that, wow, the stakes are so high, how can they raise them further? I'm going to find ways. definitely what I'm wondering. Well, it's going to happen. <laughs> so we're doing a live broadcast of Des Moines and Dragons using professional video equipment and a professional video producer to create a one-of-a-kind 
entertainment, uh, just experience, extravaganza, extravaganza experience for anyone uh, that's interested in live streaming. We're going to do this live stream in September, season finale of Des Moines and Dragons. But make sure to check us out at Indiegogo slash projects slash Des Moines and Dragons live. And if you can't find us there, please go to our website at DesMoinesAndDragons.com. If you can spell Des Moines, kudos. If you can't, D-E-S-M-O-I-N-E-S, Des Moines. Yes. So please check us out. Tim, did you have uh, anything for us to close this out? I do. Okay. My body is ready. <laughs> Purple dusk in the bus. Box Canyon, as Harbeck sits with the Ozak here around the campfire, he casts Beacon of Hope so that all of his heals max out. And he sits there whispering healing words to the beast. As its wounds stitch up, Harbeck realizes that this creature is doomed to die, <coughs> die as Orzak said, because it lost its spike. So Harbeck says, I'm going to help you. And he takes off his shoulder pauldrons, and using his warhammer, he begins to hammer them into the shape, roughly matching the shape of the Azakir's jaw. And then using the straps of the pauldrons, he breaks off his warhammer and lashes the warhammer to the place where the spike was and uses the pauldrons to create straps behind his head and over his nose to stabilize it. And at first, he's pretty satisfied with this, thinking that this will be able to help him hunt. But he realizes it's kind of flimsy. And as dust comes up in the box canyon, he sees light reflecting off of the spines. And he thinks back to Orzak's brother, Ortik, and his prosthetic. And he sees the light off the spine, and he whispers, Pharaoh. And that's that. We've been Des Moines and Dragons. Uh, we'll be back in uh early june for the next episode episode 11 thank you all for listening (laughs) thank you all for (laughs) listening we've been des moines and dragons individually we've been charity tim jason and paul thanks so much have a great night or day whenever have a great Thing. Just keep yeah. doing it, you Just know. Just keep doing it. Just keep yourself. doing it. Boop, boop. Penis. Oh fuck! Why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs>